Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Hey, this is Fred from Cowboy Mouth, and you're listening to Tina and Jeff on Floors Truly. Good evening, beautiful people, and happy Tuesday. This is Tina and Jeff with this week's episode of Floors Truly. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing this week? Welcome back. I am so glad to be back, especially now that we have sports kind of going on. I'm really excited. And I do want to take a second to tell uh, everybody who has, has, has sent me tweets and has resp- responded to the post. Thank you very much for the sentiments regarding Cherie's mom. Uh, it's, it's been a tough couple of weeks, but we're getting through it. And we really, really appreciate all the love and support. So I just want to throw that out there. But on the upside, Major League Baseball and my Chicago Cubbies are back in action. And coming up this week, the New Orleans Pelicans and the NBA bubble will get underway. I'm so excited, Tina. What about you? Definitely excited. Ready for Thursday. And we have a great guest with us tonight, Todd Graffinini, the voice of the Pelicans. Welcome, Todd, to Floors Truly. Thanks so much for having me, and I echo your sentiments, both of you. you. Think about it, and it seems like a lifetime ago in late March and April when we were just getting into all of this, uh, how far away sports seemed at that time. It was just a pipe dream, uh, really. And now, who would have ever believed it that in two days from right now, uh, we're going to be playing basketball again for real, so... Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's crazy where the time goes, but we, uh, you know, we got through it in that, in that aspect. And, uh, it's going to be really, really fun to watch the Pelicans play again. And Todd Graffinini, if for those of you who are local, you've heard the voice a million times in those two lane broadcasts for years and years. Yes. Over and 25 years, correct? 25, 20 years, right? Todd yep. was there. You were there yep. quite a while. And of course he's going to regular local radio here. For those of you who are outside of the New Orleans, Louisiana area, Ty Graffinini is known all across the area. He is one of the most energetic broadcasters you'll ever listen to on the radio. Does a great job regardless. I mean, he can do everything. I think you could probably do cross country from the booth, right, Todd? <laughs> yeah, no, I've, uh, I've, I've uh, been in the business for a long time. As you mentioned, started at Tulane in 1992 calling baseball games and uh, just kind of worked my way through the system and got the full-time job calling all three sports, football, men's basketball, and, and baseball in 2007. And then very fortunate to uh, be offered the Pelicans job uh, last June. And obviously it's been a uh, – a for, a, an unforgettable year first year to be in in the nba in the business but uh it's looking like i'll be able to technically finish my first season in the league if we can get through the next couple of weeks that, and hopefully that, more than that in the that, playoffs that seems to be the real question now what i have found out and just in my homework here so you guys are not in what they call the bubble right now you guys are in new orleans and you're going to be broadcasting from the Smoothie King Center, the home of the Pelicans, and kind of having the game streamed to you live, and you're going to call it as it goes. Is that about right? That's it. And, look, it's this isn't you know specific to our broadcast team, both radio and television. Uh, that is every local broadcaster in the entire NBA. Um, the travel parties were very, very – uh, specific and very essential, if you will, for anyone who was going to go down there. And no travel party, to my knowledge, is over 34, 35 people. So you're talking about the players themselves, the coaches, uh, some video guys, um, you know, trainers, 
uh, medical staff, you know, essential people that are going to go down there and obviously have been down there for a couple of weeks. So broadcasters didn't make the cut, but uh, we're, we've had three scrimmage games and, and, you know, the first uh, half of the first game, it, it took a little getting used to just calling a game on a monitor. I mean, quite honestly, I've, I've been doing this a very long time and I've never called a game uh, by watching it uh, in front of me. Now everybody does that. You know, if you're sitting in your living room by yourself and, and you're thinking about it and calling it in your mind, but you don't have an audience that's actually hinging on your every word when you're doing that. So it's a much different situation. But yeah, it took us, uh, myself and John DeShazer, who's uh, my analyst uh, on the broadcast, took us a little while to, to get the hang of it. But uh, now we're three games in and and uh, we're ready to go on Thursday. It's it's it, we, We've gotten pretty much into a nice rhythm. Uh, over the last couple of games, so got to make uh, make do because everybody's in the same boat. Well, I, and I, and that's the question I have is that you're you're broadcasting the feed as it goes, and now Major League Baseball has been doing the same thing. As I said, I've watched the the first uh, few few Cubs games here, and they are doing the same thing. They're broadcasting from Wrigley, even though right now the team is in Cincinnati playing, but there is no lapse in coverage. What feed are you getting? Are you getting the same feed that is going out over the over the broadcast, or are you getting some type of kind of behind the scenes feed, or a little bit more of a full court feed? What what is that like? Well, the first couple of games were broadcast on Pelicans.com and the Pelicans app. We were getting the straight feed that the NBA was sending out across the league, and everybody was watching the same same feed now this past game the game last night against milwaukee our local affiliate fox sports new orleans broadcast that game so in that one it was a little bit different because we actually had the fox broadcast and we were watching the feed that was going out over the television uh last night so that, you know, John and I have been watching the games basically on the Jumbotron, which is over the court, uh, because the screen is huge. It's like sitting on a couch uh, with the with the biggest big screen TV you can imagine right in front of you. So we've been actually we have monitors literally right in front of us and we don't even look at them because we're watching the Jumbotron. It's very strange, actually. Um, but uh in, in the monitors, we have to have a backup, and that's what ha- we had on our, on our monitors was that NBA feed because in case something goes wrong with the main feed, you got to have something or you're going to be calling nothing, if right. that makes any sense. So mm-hmm. we've been, uh, we, we dealt with the NBA feed the first couple, of, uh, first couple of games, and there was a lot of apprehension before the first game started because you're literally at the mercy of what they send you. Uh, when you're in the arena, you've got the grand scope of your vision and you, you can see everything at once. If you, if you so desire on your peripheral, I mean, you're looking at the score, you're looking at the shot clock, you're looking at the ball, you're looking at the players uh, moving in and out. And, and, you know, that, that is in the grand scope, but here you're basically looking at a monitor and you can't say anything until you see what the director gives you. So it's a, it's a much, much different experience. But again, it took us a little while to get the hang of it. And I, the thing about it, though, is you realize that the people that are sending you these feeds and the people that are running the cameras there, they're thinking along the same lines, knowing people are broadcasting these games by what we're sending them. So I think they're getting it uh, to where the broadcasters can see the numbers easier and see who's checking in and out of the games because those are those are things that you uh you wouldn't realize if you're just watching the game as a fan and not thinking about it as a broadcaster so uh, i know i'm making it sound a little more complicated than it actually is but uh the bottom line is this we're 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 making do and the goal and our goal has been from day one look we've been saying that we're in the Smoothie King Center. We're, we're not trying to hide the fact that we're not in Orlando, but if you're listening on the radio, we want to make it sound like we are in Orlando calling the game 
right in front of us instead of looking at a monitor and calling it that way, if that makes any sense. No, and it certainly has so far. And I know the challenges in a play-by-play, you've got to have, you you know, you've kind of got things handed to you. You've got statistics that are running. You've got people that are doing a lot of different tasks during that that aren't necessarily what you're handling because you're handling the broadcast end. But my question, and I'll leave the broadcast kind of specifics alone after this, but my question is, if this goes off well, is there a chance that this may be the wave of the future in sports broadcasting? I, I hope not. Um, th- there, look, we're, we're doing this because we have to do this. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, it's out of necessity. But there's nothing like it. And, and there's nothing like being in an arena with fans. The problem is there's no fans. So they can justify broadcasters not being there if, there's, if there aren't any, any fans. Uh, I just I don't understand how – or I could not see how if they let fans in the building, they wouldn't let broadcasters in the building. Uh, and, and you feed off the fans. Uh, there's nothing like being in an 18,000-seat arena when, when, someone, when Zion Williamson's going up for a monster dunk. I mean, and, and you're just feeding it, and, and you, you just get the energy and the vibe from, from everyone around the building. Again, everyone's doing this because they have to do this. We don't have any choice. Uh, in the matter. So I, I just, I, to answer your question, no, I hope, I hope, hope, hope that this is not a wave of the future. Uh, we're just doing this because we're in a pandemic and no one's in Orlando. Uh, but there's nothing, there's nothing can, can uh, replicate being in an arena and, and calling an NBA game that way. I agree with you. I agree with you. And, and Todd, I actually have a question from one of our listeners, Josh. He wanted to know, how did you feel as far as where we're sitting right now with the break and NBA bubble? They're doing a great job, obviously. But he wanted to know if you feel that it's going to give an advantage or disadvantage to the Pelicans with the way the, the, the games broke and now they're resuming. The, the unfortunate thing about – look, I, I understand we, we're in a pandemic and, and everything had to stop on March 11th. And I'll never forget that date because we were in Sacramento that night supposed to play the Kings when everything literally stopped. And we flew home that night, uh, flew the, the entire night. Uh, got, I walked in my door at 6 a.m. on March 12th, and we found out that, you know, earlier that evening that we weren't going to play basketball for, <laughs> for the foreseeable future. Um, the unfortunate thing about that, when, it, when the season stopped, was we were starting to really, really hit our stride. And we had 18 games left in the regular season, counting that game in Sacramento that night, and just three and a half back of the Memphis Grizzlies. And we felt with the, the games that we were going to play in the rest of the, of the year, we had Sacramento twice, we had San Antonio three times, we had the Memphis Grizzlies two more times, teams that we were competing directly against. And oh, by the way, had already won the tiebreak against the Portland Trailblazers, uh, beating them four times. Teams that we were competing directly against for that eight spot, we were going to play head-to-head. And we just felt we had the matchups on all those teams. And that was really the most unfortunate thing about stopping the season at the time. Now, we are going to play Sacramento twice uh, in, in the seeding games. We're going to play Memphis in the third game back uh, next week. We're going to play San Antonio. Uh, one time. But the, the unfortunate thing now is we don't control our own destiny uh, in, in the sense that if we would have completed the regular season, had it, had it shaken out that way as we do now, because the fact of the matter is Portland has an advantage over the Pelicans now because they won one more game. And if both teams uh, have an even record in the bubble, say the Pelicans go six and two and Portland goes six and two, Well, Portland has one more win than the Pelicans do. They have 27 wins, and New Orleans has 26 wins. And Portland would win the tiebreak by one thousandth of a percentage point. And that just stinks because the Pels beat that team four times, but the fact that we didn't play that night in Sacramento is the difference uh, in if the Pels get a tiebreak on Portland or not. Uh, Sacramento and, and San Antonio have exactly the same record as, as the Pels. So we don't have to worry about them in the sense that if you win more games than they do, 
then we'll have the tie break. But it's the Portland thing that's really in my craw right now because they're back to it. They were really, really struggling uh, on March 11th, and they were, they were trending down while we were trending up. And now, of course, we're four and a half months later, and it's basically an off season, and they're fully back to health. They've added two uh, big guys in, in, in Nurkic and, and Zach who had missed a ton of the season, and they're playing really, really solid basketball uh, during the scrimmages. So, you know, that, that, those are the things that kind of get at you. But, you know, the only thing you can do is win as many games as you can in the next eight and, uh, and hope that's good enough to, to at least get into the play-in situation in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and that seems to be really the interesting issue is as you watch the Pelicans who were really on a roll at the point where everything came to an end. And, of course, if people remember, that was a, that was a, a, a nationally televised game. And the Pelicans are on the court. You guys are all ready to go. And, the, and everything gets pulled. And that was really the last sporting event that was about to start before everything got shut down. So, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah I, like I said, Jeff, I'll never forget that night because we were the last game of the day. And uh, all of a sudden we weren't. It was over. Exactly. And now you become basically the first team to restart. Now, the plus side is, and let's face it, the NBA expanded what they did to make sure that Zion was in the mix. The Pelicans had the number one pick. They were on fire coming into the second half of the season, and then everything got shut down. They made sure to happen. Of course, we saw the last few week, the last week or so, the big news was that, Pel- uh, that Zion had a family issue that he had to attend to and left the bubble. He is now back. He's been under quarantine. We're waiting to find out if he's going to play tomorrow. And uh, whether he plays or not, I think that we still have that really good nucleus that has come together with, with Ingram and Redick and Drew Holiday and all the support guys that are running there. But my question is, are we really, you know, are we, are we in a position to get back in a role or has this hurt us where other, you know, like you talked about Portland getting players back, are there other teams that are in a better position? Now, two weeks ago, ESPN didn't say, you know, basically said when they asked the question, who's going to get the eight seed, the Pelicans were almost all the way down the line. The same article came out today updated who's going to get the eight seed and the pelicans aren't mentioned once give me your thoughts on that well you know other teams got healthy but the pelicans got healthy too remember jj reddick did not play in the last two weeks prior to march 11th he's uh he's back to where he was in his playing week at duke and uh of course he scored 20 points in the in the third quarter against milwaukee uh, and uh, he'd never scored 20 points in a quarter in any point of his career, regular season or, or playoffs. So uh, he's back. Of course, Zion Williamson's back. He's actually practicing with the team as we speak. We're going to find out in a little while uh, whether he's going to be available for Thursday. Uh, honestly, I'd be stunned if he didn't play at least a little bit. Uh, he came into Orlando in tremendous shape. It was unfortunate he had to go back home. The good news is that uh, whatever family issue he had to deal with was resolved enough where he was able to get back in Orlando. So that was really uh, the most positive thing to come out of that is that uh, he was able to come back because uh, the issue with his family was, was good enough where he was able to return. Um, But Zion was in the best shape that he's been in since he got to new Orleans. And uh, I I just, I'd be surprised now he's not going to play 30 minutes, but I'd be surprised if he wasn't out there at least 10 to 15 minutes just to, to get in there. He's going to get two practices in uh, before the game on Thursday. And, uh, of course, you talked about it. Uh, I, I don't think there's any question. We'd be, we'd be kidding ourselves if, uh, if we thought that the Pels weren't in this because Zion Williamson isn't on our team. But you know what? I've been in this league now, you know, technically a year, uh, not officially since we haven't finished the season yet but uh one thing i have learned is that this is a star driven league uh there's no question about it and we have a star a bona fide star that everybody wants to see and if everybody wants to see him he's going to get on television 
And we are really, really lucky that we got this guy to be, uh, you know, not only to represent our franchise and our city, but he is a part of a nucleus. And you talked about it earlier, Jeff. Uh, if I was a basketball fan in this city, I would be ecstatic because from the top down, uh, when you're talking about our ownership, Mrs. Benson and David Griffin, who runs the team, uh, and, and our general manager, Trajan Langdon and Swin Cash and Alvin Gentry to the players, uh, it, it's just it's phenomenal. And we have a young nucleus that can grow together, and it, 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 it's not going to be piecemealed together as we've had in the past where if somebody, uh, you know, we were always trying to build around Chris Paul or, or Anthony Davis. And instead of building it the right way through the draft and through young guys, it was always pulling out a veteran here and sticking them in, pulling somebody from over there. And, you know, it, you didn't really get a bunch of young guys growing up and, and playing together for a, a number of years. That's what you've got right here. And you're going to see these guys literally grow up in front of your eyes in the next few years. And most of them are 22, 23 years old and younger. It's unbelievable uh, how young these guys are. And they, and they played a bunch. So, uh, I, look, I, I'm really fortunate to be in the position I'm in uh, to be able to see this each and every day and, and be with these guys each and every day and be a part of these or, this organization. And I, I just uh, – I can't wait for Thursday, first of all, but I really can't wait to see what's going to happen in the future of, of, of NBA basketball in this town because it's, it's – I have saw the crowds, you know, from, from the turn of the new year when the Pels started to play better. Of course, Zion came back on January 22nd. Uh, being inside the Smoothie King Center has been phenomenal. Um, the, the team has really drawn off the energy of the fans. And uh, we, we started to get a honest-to-goodness home court advantage uh, in the last couple of months. And then, of course, March 11th happened. And, you know, what, so what can you do? We'll, uh, we'll see what happens on Thursday. It's definitely an exciting time for everyone in New Orleans and NBA fans all over the country. We've been waiting a long time for this. And for our last question is actually a two-part question. Outside of, obviously, COVID, what do you think is the biggest challenge for these NBA players playing in the bubble and do you think that the season's going to go off as scheduled uh absolutely I, I don't think there's any safer place to be in america right now than than being in that bubble they are constantly tested nobody can get in or out uh if if the, the people that are running you know the thing don't want anybody in or out i mean it's like a fortress and they're tested like i said constantly uh every day and, uh, you know, to this point, knock on wood, in the last couple of weeks, nobody has tested positive. So players feel safe. And I can tell you they, there was apprehension when they went down there because they didn't know what to expect. Now we hear from the players that they feel as safe as anybody in America just because of the way it's, it, they're being tested each and every day. So I, I think absolutely they're going to be able to pull this off as long as everybody does what they're supposed to do, uh, it, you know. You can't, you know, you see what happened with Lou Williams of the Clippers and why he's being dealt with so harshly is because he did something he wasn't supposed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, he got an excused absence and then you see him on Instagram, you know, at, at Magic City getting wings. I mean, well, well, the optics of that are terrible. You're not supposed to do that. You're putting everybody else into jeopardy and I don't care how good the wings are. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to stick with what got everybody in the same situation. And that's inside that bubble where everybody is feeling safe. So, um, but so far everyone has done what they're supposed to do. And that's why it's, it's been so successful. Uh, I think the biggest challenge it, it, when it's all said and done is just going to be playing playoff games, high intensity playoff games with no fans in the stands. Now, they can set it up, you know, they're going to have LED monitors and, you know, virtual fans around the court, but there's nothing like drawing energy from a full arena, and they're not going to have that. And that's why uh, a big part of this is going to be the reaction of the guys on the bench. They're basically going to be the fans of these games. And, uh, you know, you, you take that for granted. 
but what you hear on the bench is is going to be motivation to the guys that are out there on the court because they're not going to be able to get any motivation from from fans. Yeah, because the players and the fans they feed off of one another. Absolutely, and you take that element out of the game, and and it really does because people people don't realize this. If you're not a sports fan, it's as much mental as it is physical. So you take that no element question. out of it and you know, it changes the dynamics of the game. Yes, but to this point, and, you know, we've seen three scrimmages now. They've been scrimmages, but you really can't tell that there aren't any fans in the stands other than the fact that there's no noise when they, when they make shots. So the basketball... At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Is, is NBA basketball. There's no question about it. And the stars are out there. I've watched a bunch of these games. And, uh, you know, they're going at it because they've got to get themselves ready uh, for these eight games coming up. And this is all around the league. So, um yeah, I've watched a ton. I don't know why, because I just want to watch basketball. I haven't seen it in so long, but, and plus got to get ready for what's going to happen in the next couple of days. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, hopefully we'll never have to do this again, I, but the NBA should really be commended. I know a lot of thought went into this and so far, knock on wood, they're pulling it off. I agree. Yes. I, I commend them 100%. I, I said this on our show last week. I wish the NFL would do something similar. They've had months to prepare. The NBA is doing it right. And obviously, the truth is in the stats and it's in the numbers. And you see that it's working. Yeah, it's, it's getting there, Todd. And I think all of this is, uh, <laughs> you know, figure it out as we go and take the lessons learned. But I'm really excited about what they've done. The NBA, I think, of all of the major leagues has had – the best plan in place, the most solid plan in place. The bubble seems to be a pretty secure thing. We're seeing the problems that are happening right now in Major League Baseball with the Marlins and whatnot. And, of course, we see that the NFL has got to think about these things. They're kind of in the advantage position where they can kind of watch what happens with these other leagues. But I think that we're going to see something really interesting here. And I tell you what, Todd, We've known each other uh, many years. We've, we've worked in radio together, but I am so excited to keep listening to you broadcast these games because there is, you, you, don't, you don't ever miss a beat, my friend. You never do. I really appreciate it, Jeff, and I, and I can't be more excited to be able to broadcast it uh, to everybody out there because that's what I do. Um, you know, the last four and a half months have been really, really hard on me uh, because I'm just, I'm used to calling games. I have not gone... I haven't gone that long without putting a headset on uh, probably since, you know, college. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just – I didn't have anything to do uh, as far as in, in a broadcast sense. No, no games to call. So, uh, it was tough. But uh, I tell you, when, when, uh, when J.D. and myself were, were able to do that first game last week and do that first scrimmage, it just all comes back to you and – Oh man, when we were walking out of the the arena that night, it just I, I just felt so good because that you know that's what I love to do, and I was able to to do it again. And you know you don't you don't take it for granted. We just never had an opportunity to do it, right. so uh, it, it was just it was just a really really good feeling. And uh, yeah, I, you know Thursday is going to be awesome because it it really counts. And 
you know, the goal of this year was to play meaningful basketball, even when the Pelicans were struggling in November and December, uh, losing 13 games in a row. Nobody got down. Nobody pointed fingers. You know, Alvin Gentry did a tremendous job keeping his team together. We finally got healthy. And the fact that we're even in this position right now is just a testament to the coaching staff and to the players themselves. And as I mentioned, the goal was to play meaningful basketball in the month of March and the month of April with a chance to go to the playoffs. Well, it's July and it's going to be August, but we're going to play meaningful basketball in the next two weeks. No matter if we get to the playoffs or not, these young kids are going to get the experience of playing games where every possession counts. And that's what they wanted in the first place going back to October when we had no idea how this team was going to shake out. I mean, you've got 10 new guys from a year ago. So uh, David Griffin did a masterful job putting this team together. And uh, now we're starting to see the fruition of it. You just hope we can hopefully take that next step, get in there. But if we don't, you know, it's not the end of the world because like I mentioned, you know, a little while ago, we've got a young core and they're going to be able to grow in this game together. Well, that's so awesome, Todd. I want to tell you once again, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this experience. I, I know it's a trial by fire here, but we're all rooting for the Pelicans this Thursday night. We'll all be watching as the nationally televised game Thursday night to really get this thing going. Pelicans jazz. How cool is that? Right? So um, again, thank you. I hope that we can check in with you in a couple of weeks and see how things are going there. Absolutely. Anytime. Yes. And thanks for joining us again. Tell all our listeners where they can find you on social media, of course, as well as on Thursday night, listening to you call the game against the jazz. Yeah. You can follow me at NT graph on Twitter, NT graph with two F's. And uh, you can always listen to us on our flagship or on ESPN, new Orleans, 100.3 FM. I have a great crew uh, that I work with Daniel Salerson, our, uh, our, our producer and studio host and, and analyst and John DeShazer, who's uh, been on the broadcast for uh, a number of years now. Caroline Gonzalez as our sideline and Joe Cardosi, our uh, engineer in the studio. So I work with great people and uh, they make me sound pretty good. So uh, that's how you can hear and, uh, and, and get us on social media. And uh, again, we just, we love Pelicans basketball. We love bringing it to the people. Well, Thanks thank a you. lot. Todd. Thank you again yeah. so much for taking time out of your busy schedule this week. Awesome. That's great to hear. And uh, again, thanks so much for having me and we will talk soon. Thank Keep up you. the good work, Todd. Thanks a lot. There he goes. Todd Graffinini, the voice of your New Orleans Pelicans. How about that, Tina? That's awesome. Go Pelicans. Oh, we'll be watching Thursday night. I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I'm telling you, it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. This season is MLB was starting from scratch and it's been a success for the most part, except for that team from Florida, <laughs> the Marlins. Um, but otherwise it's been a success and, but they were starting from scratch. Here's the NBA that's picking up basically from where they left off and they go, it's a sprint to the playoffs and we'll see who's and let's and I said it during the interview. They included the Pelicans to make sure Zion Williams and to give the Pelicans credit for being hot and that eighth seed race in the West. Otherwise, this wouldn't have happened that way. This eighth seed in the West is why they had the the the, the play-in games that they've had, the seeding bubble as they call it. It would have been very different had this not been happening back in March. And I find that very fascinating for New Orleans sports is that we made a difference in the way the NBA had to structure their restart in the bubble. Yeah. And the thing is, as Ion was playing phenomenal, he, he was setting records and, and then all of a sudden you just put this halt on the season and not just for NBA fans, but just to look around the, the entire league you're like, well, now what, where do we go? And I've made no, anybody who follows me on social media, my friends, they know I've made no secret of how I feel about COVID. I am a safety first person. We need to do what we need to do. I commend the NBA for the way they've handled this. They have put in place a plan that is just, I mean, I, like, like Todd mentioned, it's a bubble. No one's getting in, no one's getting out. If they have to, 
you know, they have to get excused. Zion was clear today, his quarantine. I don't know if you saw that. He was clear yeah. today. So more than likely, and hopefully we'll know shortly whether he's going to play or not. But, you know, I look at it like this. As a, as a sports fan, you know, the NFL is a business. Obviously, they, they, they want to they, they make money. But the fans are going to be there. We pretty much know at this point, I mean, the Saints are one of nine teams that have given opt-out options. And, and pretty much everyone I know of my friends that are season ticket holders have opted out. We talked about this with Hodges now. The dynamics of the game, the, the energy, it's not going to be there. The dome is loud. It is, in, it is crazy loud. You get 70,000 plus fans in there. The team feeds off of it. You know, you've been to the games. We see Cam Jordan. We see Michael Thomas. We see Kamara. They're, you know, waving their hands. A crowd gets into it. It's loud. It's, you take that element out of it. But the thing is, it's like, okay, well, I'm at this point now. We're four months into this. I just want to see a football game. You know, I want to see my team play. I want to see the Pelicans play. Right. I, I've been critical, and I was critical on last week's show about it. Somebody said, well, I don't understand. This is the game that you love. It is the game that I love. But I also have to think about the player's safety and the coach's safety and the fans. It's not just me. It's not just – it's you know, there's thousands of people out there that you've got to consider. It upsets me because I'm thinking all this time we've had these plans in place for one league – and the NFL sits here and they're negotiating literally like two days after the chief's training camp was due to start to get a deal in place. And it's like, well, why, why, why is, why is this happening now? Why didn't right. they do something months ago? Ha- have a plan in place. Obviously, if we get to that point and we don't need it or it needs to change, you can reevaluate it. But I'm telling you, I know you're huge on basketball. I commend the NBA so much for the way they've handled this. I mean, they, they've done it right and it's, it's showing. And I, and like, I hope that, you know, we're all right. And the season can continue to play, go on and they can play and, you know, and, and hopefully uh, the Pelicans get in that eighth spot and they'll be playing past <laughs> August. <laughs> well, and you know, you have to credit Adam Silver, who I think of the commissioners in this league has really been a great leader has been somebody that really tries to, follow the voice of reason. He's not a guy that's created a lot of controversy in terms of fans who care about the game and in terms of players. He's a guy that players like, the fans like, the owners get along with, and he's done a great job in the NBA. And that tells you a lot about what good leadership can mm-hmm. do without a doubt. In, in a sports and in, in the world, this world of sports. I mean, we're talking about basketball that is – Sometimes it's number two in the big three. Sometimes it's number three in the big three. It kind of bounces back and forth. There's been a lot of, of, of problems in basketball under the previous commissioner. But now I think people have turned to basketball and said, let's watch how they run this thing. And I can tell you, I can promise you, you know, he talked about Lou Williams, and I tell you, that story is he got wings from a strip club, and everybody lost their mind. He got himself suspended. This is a player that's playing for a team that is in the running to win mm-hmm. the championship. One Look, they've got hundreds of players and, and personnel in that bubble, and you got one person <laughs> that just, you know – has to like mess it up. And, and, but, and when, I, when, I re- when that story broke, I thought to myself, like, are you kidding me? Really? I mean, why would you do that? You're not just, you're not just jeopardizing your team's chances. It's the entire league. But the league took it seriously. They and did. I think they that's did. the important part of it. They took it seriously. You know, we're watching what's happening with the Marlins in Major League Baseball. And there is a question Will the Major League Baseball season be able to continue? Is this going to be a lesson for the other leagues? And Max Keller on ESPN said this week, he says there is a 0% chance that the NFL finishes the season without going into a bubble format. Personally, I don't have a problem with the bubble format. I don't have a problem with putting everybody in one place and just getting it done. And I think that is... I think the NBA really got that right, found the right facility. Mm-hmm. They, set the the right facility. They, they set, set the, the bar. They did. They set the bar. Now, granted, they have it easier because they've only got to have – could you imagine limiting a team, like limiting an NFL team to 35 traveling people? You'd have players playing both ways. It would be a mess. But, 
So the NBA does have a little bit of advantage in terms of the fact that there isn't as many, there aren't as many personnel issues. But I think that is a very interesting thing to keep an eye on as we progress into sports is how teams have to travel. We got into the very spe- the, the specifics about the broadcast, which I think is interesting because you're trying to limit the movement of people. And uh, I'm telling you, I am, I'm almost in hog heaven right now. I got baseball back. Mm-hmm. I've got basketball back in two days. And football. And the Saints are in At training camp. Even though, time. <laughs> even though training camp right now, it just consists of basically taking a bunch of tests. We are getting, I can tell you, Tina, and I've got to share this. Uh, when, when the season opened uh, on, on Friday, uh, and the Cubs, well, actually it opened Thursday, but the Cubs opened their game on Friday. And that game I watched from start to finish. I sat on the couch. I ate dinner. And Cherie came and sat next to me. And she normally doesn't. She's, she likes baseball, but she won't sit and watch it on television. She liked to go to a game. But we sat there, and both of us looked at each other at the, at the end of the game, and we said, we just felt normal for three hours. Yeah. And that it, it, it's, is it's, it's, such it's, a big deal. I can relate to that because I was in the, in the Dome for the Dome coming game against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And that's, yep. that's exactly how I felt. And, and, and like I told Todd, this is no lie. I've had friends tell me this, that they are, you know, they're not Saints fans or they're not football fans. They're basketball fans or, or, or they'll watch a little bit of each or they're not baseball fans and they watch basketball. It's, it's crazy how many people told me, they said, I don't care what's on. I'm going to watch it and I'm going to support them and I'm going to root for them mm-hmm. because we haven't had it for such a long time. Now it's like, it's all happening at once. <laughs> it's like the floodgate <laughs> open, but it's, it is, it, it's, it's an exciting time. I mean, it is for us because we're talking, we're here in new Orleans, obviously we're saints fans, we're Pelicans fans, but we have a championship team with the saints. The Pelicans were knocking on the door. They were just getting their chemistry and, and getting in their groove when everything just came to a halt. And, 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 and I was thinking about what Todd said, man, that stinks about the Kings and that game. If that comes down to that, you know, that, that it's, it's not fair, <laughs> right. but yeah, we're getting the floodgates have opened at sports and it's back. And, and it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time for us, but for our listeners all over, no matter where you live, no matter who, you know, who's your team. I mean, it's, it's an exciting time because like you said, it's, it's, things are rolling and this is right. normal and this is what we're used to. The timing's a little off, obviously for baseball, but I mean, and, and obviously we're not having a preseason game, which I'm, I'm fine with that anyway. I, I would like to have two preseason games, but we're not getting into that. I've talked to that in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm good with us just eliminating it for this year. I'm all about player safety and what's going to, what they, they need to do, what they need to do to protect themselves, their families. But the players have come out. They said they want to play. They want to, they want to have a season and obviously the fans are there and we support them. So, you know, just be safe, do what y'all got to do. Don't go get wings. <laughs> right. Don't go, if you're, don't get, if, don't get wings. And if you do order it online and, and don't go to a strip club and get them. I mean, come on, let's be reasonable. And I, and I think, and we, and we've, we've mentioned this before is that if the NFL has to pause the season due to, you know, COVID outbreak, I, I think that, that they're going to do what the, the NBA did. I think they're going to pause for a little while and then probably put them in a bubble. It's going to be harder. The logistics is definitely going to be harder, but it can be done. There is no reason it can't be done yeah, because the NBA be done and I... is proven that it, that it is. I mean, heck, if they got to play in outdoor stadiums, so be it. Right. Yeah. Saints could play a Saints could play a Tiger Stadium. Well, I can tell you, I I know. It can be done. You know what? I don't want to go there because we did that once already. It didn't work out well. But I know, but it can be done. I tell you what, there is a way to have sport, and it not be. um, We don't have to all be on top of each other. We can try to get this thing done. You know, one of the interesting things that happened this past weekend is we had a bunch of bars in New Orleans that decided that they were going to become speakeasies, prohibition era speakeasies. And um, I have to tell you, folks, just don't don't take part in that. Just let's all I, I don't like it. We don't like staying home in New Orleans at all. We want to go out. But just do your part so that we can get back to normal 
quicker because everybody is going to be hammering on these things. This thing is not going to slow down and we know it's here. We know we got to deal with it, but there are ways to stay home and enjoy it. You can stay home and watch a baseball game, a basketball game, very soon, a football game. And of course you can also check out other things online. Tina, I want to let you know real quick, Cowboy Mouth will be doing a live stream show this Saturday, August 1st, 9 p.m. Central Time. You go on Facebook, check out the uh, Cowboy Mouth page. They're going to be getting it, getting it going. I think they're actually going to be starting at 7.30 is Cowboy Mouth. And then The Unnaturals, one of the uh, bands they'll be playing with. That's going to be a live stream show. Everybody distanced, no people in the, in the crowd. There are ways for us to enjoy the things that we normally do without having to get in the crowds. And I promise you, if anybody's seen the video of Bourbon Street the last two weekends, it's been packed. We have a hard time staying apart from each other. But keep the faith. We're, we're getting some semblances of, of real life back. Let's keep them. Hold on, grab onto them and hold on tight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know you were speaking about re things reopening. I just want to say the aquarium in New Orleans is now reopened. It's been closed for a couple of months. It's, uh -huh. It is so fun to take your kids out there. The zoo, I mean, you can do the package where you can do the zoo in the aquarium. I say if you're listening to your local in New Orleans, you're looking for something to do with your kids before you go back to school, go take them out there and support them. They've been closed for months. It's a very expensive facility to maintain. And mm -hmm. I mean, they, they've got all the animals out there, but I mean, they are doing what they can. They're adhering to everything and they are, um, they're booking, oh, not booking, I'm sorry. They're opening to a lot of certain amount of, of people with attendance there. But if you want to, before kids go back to school, take them out there and enjoy the day. Take them to the zoo. It's outside. It's fun to see the animals. You know, there's a lot of little different activities that they normally have during the summertime. And obviously they've backed off on a lot of them, but go out there and enjoy yourself. Cause I mean, normally they, they have over 700,000 visitors during the summertime. Mm -hmm. And obviously with, with, with COVID and everything and being closed, I mean, that's, they're not even going to hit close to probably 20% of that. It's so, you know, want to support our local businesses, our local restaurants, you know, I try to promote them as much as I can on social media. And I encourage y'all that are listening. If you hear of anybody that's doing something, let me know. I'm happy to share it and, and give them the publicity and, and give them a shout out because our local businesses need us right now. And you know, ever we, we all need each other, honestly. Like I've been in like this big, like love fest for like the last couple of weeks. And I think it's just because I'm excited about sports coming back. There's so many great things that people have been telling me through the show. And I, I love, I love all our listeners. I love hearing their feedback and they're no matter where they're talking to us from, it's really a cool thing to meet people from all over the country and get an aspect of what's going on in their life and them share things and ask us questions we do have plans for another show like we did a couple of weeks ago to ask Jeff and Tina, someone did mention that to me and asked me if we were going to do another one soon. And we are, I think we're just going to do a recipe show because we've had so many people ask about my cooking tips with Tina photos and things that you've talked about online, Jeff, with cooking. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. I think we're going to do that. I think we're going to do that in a couple of weeks as well. So, you know, it's a, it's a great time here in Florida. Truly. I think things are looking up, especially with sports coming back. It's, and it's like I said, if y'all ever have any questions you want to hit us up, you know, we're on Twitter and, you know, we're always available to you. That's right. And I tell you what, it was so good to be back today. I am, I feel so much more normal just being back in the saddle here. Yeah. That, that's a, that's an amazing feeling, but please hit me up. The Nola Rolla is where you find me on Twitter. Send me a, send me a message, send me a tweet, whatever you want to do. Let me know if I can do something to help you out, give you a recipe, tell you things you can do. And let me tell you, this weekend coming up, I'm taking the family to Grand Isle. We're going to go camp at the Grand Isle State Park. We're going to have a beachfront area. You can do the same with your family. If you're just looking to get out of the house and do something, go pick up a fishing pole, go pick up a crab trap, get your fishing license. You get your salt water and your fresh water in Louisiana for 20 two dollars it's a no-brainer just get it done go do it don't find reasons to go out and just 
huddle into the bars and everything else. Take the family out and go do something. And that's the one takeaway I can give you. We've got make memories <laughs> and be safe. That's yeah, and it. we've got great weather this weekend. So I know schools are getting ready to start. I know they're kind of staggered in some of the start dates. But yeah, take this weekend and go out and enjoy it. And like I said, if y'all have any questions or if you want to know anything, I know people wanted to like literally grab me through the computer yesterday, posted that bread pudding recipe, and I will be happy <laughs> to give it to anybody. Uh, it, it's Krispy Kreme bread pudding and it's absolutely delicious. So I'll be happy to share it with anybody that, that asked me because I know a couple of people were angry with me sharing that one yesterday. They said, that's not <laughs> fair. And I'm like, you, you know, like I said, I wasn't joking. I thought about going to take a culinary class because it would be in home all the time now. I like cooking and I'm trying new things that I wouldn't normally do. And it's like, well, if it doesn't come out great, who cares really at this point, you know, it's like, yeah. so I'm learning, but it's, it's been really fun. And I want to thank everybody listening tonight for joining us and thank Todd again. It was great to hear from him and he's doing a wonderful job. If you were uh, from New Orleans and you're familiar with him calling the games at Tulane and now he's with the, with the Pelicans and I know it's been challenging, but we appreciate him coming on tonight with us, especially in the midst literally of, of things picking back up but you can find me on twitter i'm tina at the nola girl and our official floors truly twitter handle is at floors underscore truly i'm here with jeff my co-host tonight and i hope everybody has a wonderful week and we will see you next week on floors truly have a great one go cubs go go pals go pals Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Everyday grab-and-go, everyday giftable, everyday fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21.